There has been a ton of news in the last 48 hours that has not just implications for wrestling fans, but implications for the broader global economy internationally. Not at all exaggerating. And it has to do with the fact that Vince McMahon has resigned from the TKO group board. Who's Vince McMahon? What does that mean? Well, for starters, this is incredibly significant. Because now, for the first time in history, this company, which was the WWWF, then became the WWF, then became the WWE, and as of the last six, seven months, has been part of TKO Holdings. For the first time in history, this company is not run by someone with the name McMahon. So who is Vince McMahon? Vince McMahon is a self-made billionaire. He is someone who was the son of the original promoter of the WWF, Vincent J. McMahon. So he's not really a junior. It went from Vincent J. McMahon to Vincent K. McMahon. And see, back then, it's difficult to imagine now, but back then in the 60s, in the 70s, wrestling was not like it is now. It wasn't like you had uh, a choice of watching the NBA or the ABA. It wasn't a choice of watching the NFL or the USFL. It was not a choice of watching, you know, just one national wrestling league versus another. What would the, What they would do back then is every territory would have its own wrestling. In the South, you would have this. In the West and the Midwest, you would have another territory. In Minnesota, you'd have the AWA. In Canada, you'd have uh, Stampede Wrestling. In Memphis and Tennessee, you'd have the uh, USWA. And in the Northeast, in the New York area, Connecticut, in the Northeast you would have Vincent J. McMahon's territory, the WWWF. Well, his son was, as soon as he found out who his father was, because he actually didn't know who his father was initially, but as soon as he found out who his father was, he was obsessive about wanting to be a pro wrestler. Obsessive. When he was 10, dyed his hair blonde and wanted to be just like his hero, Dr. Jerry Graham. What he'd always dreamt of being was a bad guy pro wrestler, kind of like the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. That was what he always dreamt of being. And so kept himself in good shape, but always stayed around the wrestling business. Worked for his father. Um, His father let him be an announcer. And then he gets some money together. And in the... Early 1980s has a very different vision for what this company could be. He didn't view it as a regional territory, which is what every other wrestling company was. He viewed this as a national and maybe even one day as an international wrestling league, a major brand. So Vince McMahon buys the WWWF for a million dollars, a million dollars of which he pays his father, I think, about 150000 and his father's other partners split $850,000. Now, in the early 80s, a million dollars was not chump change. It was, it was a big deal, and especially he didn't have a lot of money. 
you know, when his daughter was born or when his, when his wife went into labor with his daughter, he was actually driving to declare bankruptcy because he was broke. And on the way to declare bankruptcy, he had been, you know, he got his, uh, his, his wife was in labor. So he bought this company for a million dollars in the early 80s. Last year, he sold this company, which he's owned for about 40 years, for $21 billion. Imagine that. You buy a company for a million dollars, you sell it for $21 billion. He is the very definition of a self-made billionaire. He is someone who had a vision for what wrestling could be and really saw really through strength of will and hard work and a lot of creativity and vision made that come to a reality. And there were a lot of peaks and valleys along the way in the 1980s, that whole rock and wrestling era. That was a high. Early 1990s, very much a low. Then they reinvent themselves again in the late 1990s with the whole attitude era, having wrestling that's a little bit more adult-oriented, having girls, uh, you know, using uh, coarse language and, uh, you know, uh, having wrestlers curse at one another, having guys that are not superheroes but regular working-class guys that are heroes to the working class. And that worked well, wildly well for a while. And then things went back the other way. And then uh, they tried to go in another direction. And whatever they've been doing, it's been it's been successful. That's how you have a company go from being a million dollars to $21 billion. And a funny thing happened along the way. Because Vince McMahon, in the early days of the WWWF and then the WWF, he was just the announcer. If you were not attuned to what was happening, you didn't know that he owned the the league. I knew. And if you were in the know, you knew. But if you were just a regular eight-year-old and you didn't put a lot of work into researching this, you would have thought he was just the announcer. But then he made himself into an on-air version of himself. He made himself into an on-air villain, which... Apparently, based on, and I've never met the guy, never spoken to him, interviewed his wife many times when she was running for U.S. Senate, but everybody that I know who has worked with this guy says this is a pretty accurate depiction of what he's like off air. And based on what I've seen in him talking in documentaries, he strikes me as someone who is very smart and very hardworking and loves wrestling, but is so incredibly amoral that is someone who is able to kind of turn on and off any value of right and wrong and you know that aspect of your life your conscience you can just flick the switch to off and if it slows down you building a business i get the sense that vince mcmahon is the guy that can turn it on and turn it off just like that i knew a photographer one time very famous wrestling photographer that i was a fan of and then i got to work with him when i was working in professional baseball and i would ask him about all of his questions i would ask this fella about all these questions i had about the wrestling business because i really i i would follow this guy's photos for years and i said to him george tell me about your experience with vince mcmahon and he said 
I he didn't appreciate because WWF was in a war with WCW, and he didn't appreciate McMahon that George would go to WCW events and take photos and sell them to magazines. He wanted him only to cover WWF events, so George wouldn't do it. He wanted to cover both. So McMahon says to him, I'll tell you what, not only do we not want you covering our events anymore, you are banned from any WWF arena, and so is your son. Neither of you are ever welcome there to work. Neither of you are ever welcome there to be there as a fan. He threatens to sue him, all the stuff. So then an interesting thing happens. WCW is beating WWF in the ratings for a while, over a year. So McMahon calls the photographer that I'm talking about up and asks him to come back. And when he does come back, acts like they're the best of friends. Doesn't say sorry, doesn't acknowledge that there was a rift, basically just continues the last conversation that they had. And from what I can tell, that's what McMahon does with everybody, including larger-than-life wrestlers, you know, um, who, who are household names, and obscure referees or even stage crew, behind-the-scenes crew that you'd never heard of, even producers. So that's Vince McMahon. 